So say you find yourself sitting on top of a vast fortune of funds that were acquired legitimately or otherwise. And let's just say that vast fortune propels you to the ranks of a global billionaire. Congratulations, you have made it. Sort of. All that's left for you to do now is to make sure your fortune is secure for generations to come and it won't be lost just as quickly as it was made. In today's uncertain world, that might mean making your money dodge and weave through a myriad of tax havens, banking privacy laws and cash fronts in order to avoid despotic governments or federal criminal authorities, taxation agencies or angry ex-wives, all of which pose an equal threat to your amassed fortune. The world of money laundering normally conjures up imageries of shows like Ozark or Breaking Bad, where poor accountants are tasked with legitimizing piles and piles of ill-gotten gains. But in the real world, this sort of activity is small fry. Moving money in creative ways to circumvent negative outcomes is an art form that extends well beyond small-time criminals and involves billionaires, investment banks, and entire governments. But that kind of triviality doesn't matter to you, our brand new billionaire. You just want to make sure that you are going to be able to enjoy your high life. And to do this, you are going to need to achieve a few things beyond just making your money. The first is, of course, a way to legitimize any questionable revenue that you may have received. That doesn't end here. You then want to make sure that this cash is outside of the jurisdiction of any overbearing governments. You want to try and avoid some taxes, if at all possible. Oh, and you also want to make sure your cash is available when you need it. There's no point stashing all of your money away in some mountain bunker somewhere. You want to be able to spend it on super yachts or supermodels or KFC chicken tenders wherever you are in the world at a moment's notice. Luckily for you though, you're in the right place. So take out your notepad and pen. This is the first video in a two-part series on how to become the master of your finances. So let's get straight into it with perhaps the easiest way to clean up your cash. So, good old-fashioned laundromats are a bit 1920s Al Capone for the modern globalized world. Today's more discerning billionaire demands their money have more international mobility. In fact, a majority of money laundering taking place today is not to cover revenue from some shady business, it is instead just to get money out of nations that are a little bit more controlling over people's fortunes. Most notably, China. Riding high on the coattails of the economic miracle, China is now home to more billionaires than any other nation on earth. But all is not necessarily well for these cashed up communists. There are severe limitations imposed on what these people can do with their money, and the ever-present threat of being disappeared if you somehow fall out of line. What this means is that these billionaires want to get their money out of the country and into a bank account in a nation that is more accepting of rich people and their flagrant violation of the law. The problem is that China has seen this happening and it's a really, really bad problem for them for two reasons. The first is that if people can get their money out of the country, it means that they will no longer be brought to justice for any crimes that they have committed inside the nation that made them rich. Like say, oh, I don't know, corruption for example. Now the arguments for or against the war on corruption are obviously very, very controversial, but that's not even the most important point here. Justice takes a distant second place to the issue of capital flight. If millionaires and billionaires are sending all of their money overseas, it means that that money is not staying in your country to be invested into making the nation a wealthier place. 
This has been particularly apparent in nations like South Africa, that basically saw a majority of its upper class pack up and move abroad bringing all of their money with them. Now China really does not want a repeat of this whole mess. So they have set severe limitations on the amount of Chinese RMB that can be exchanged for other currencies in a given year. No individual can exchange more than the equivalent of 50,000 US dollars worth of Chinese currency in a given calendar year. Which as a quick side note, it must be recognised how distorted the market for Chinese RMB is given that they literally set federal laws denoted in US dollars rather than in their own currency. But anyway, the takeaway here is that $50,000 a year is not a lot. If you are trying to move a billion dollars, that's going to take you more than like three years to do. In all seriousness though, if you want to offshore your funds in less than a thousand years or so, you are going to need to speed things up a little bit. So what you do instead is this. Run your money through a casino. Fortunately for you, Macau is conveniently right next door in its own special economic zone. This city is the largest gambling centre in the world, handily beating out Las Vegas, which comes in a distant, distant second place. But the problem still kind of stands. You still can't take your money out of China to use in these casinos, but what you can do instead is this. Pay a travel agent $100 million for an all-inclusive package holiday. Sounds pretty steep, right? But wait till you hear the inclusions. A private jet flight to Macau, a massive private hotel suite, all the Portuguese egg tarts you could eat, and included in this package just so happens to be $100 million worth of poker chip. How convenient. Now you can have a grand old time playing cards with these chips, but you just have to use them at least once. So you play a few hands of Baccarat, you win some, you lose some, and eventually you're probably going to come out with more or less what you started with. If you break down your bets into million dollar hands each and you play 100 hands, you are likely to win about 49 out of the 100, which means that you'll walk away with about 98 million dollars, which I am sure some of the more discerning viewers will note is less than what you started with, but that's okay, because suddenly you have generated 98 million dollars worth of revenue in Macau, which is conveniently just outside of China. When your vacation is over, the casino will ask you how you want to settle your chips. And most people will answer, in US dollars please. So there you go. Congratulations, you have circumvented the $50,000 limitation. Well done. Two side notes that are incredibly interesting here. The first is that casino poker chips are basically a fixed price currency. In every sense of the word. They have a denoted value, which people respect because they believe the underlying institution to honour the value of the currency, and it's effectively transferable, even in extreme situations like the one we just mentioned. This is a completely irrelevant factoid to the process of moving your money about, but still pretty cool to think about. The second side note is more of a question, and it's why on earth is China letting this happen? They are a hugely powerful nation, and Macau is effectively under their control. Why on earth don't they just put a stop to this? Well partially, it's because of publicity. Macau isn't the largest gambling centre in the world because it's somehow more attractive than Vegas. It got to where it is today on the back of mega gamblers moving huge sums of money around the world. Think of their casinos more as investment banks with slightly tackier lobbies. If China stamped out this industry, the region would lose a lot of this prosperity, which is a bad look for a region that has just fallen under Chinese rule, especially when China is in the process of trying to convince other microstates to join their ranks. 
smashing through Macau's primary industry might just send a message to all of those denizens in Hong Kong or whatever to protest just that little bit harder. The second thing here is that China kind of has locked it down. This process still happens, but it's far, far more difficult than it was just a few years ago. So people are having to go further abroad to places like Vegas or Australia. I mean, it's a little bit further to travel, but they do fall outside of the direct scrutiny of the government. And hey, you know what? Maybe while you're there, you can pick up a Britney Spears concert or go nuke a wombat. Whatever gets you ready for a night at the high limit tables, I guess. Anyway, now you have your money out, it's time to put it to good use. And for this, you're going to have to find yourself a good investment banker. So you have your money out of wherever it is that you are trying to get your money out of, and it's all sitting there in a lovely world reserve currency like US dollars. It's time to start putting this money to work. You are going to want your money to make more money, which means investing. You are going to want your money to be safe, which means investing into a developed and very secure country. And you are probably not going to want to pay taxes, which means you are going to need a nice portfolio of offshore tax havens. And the best place to get all of that in one convenient location is probably London. Go watch our video on the economy of the UK for more on that one. But how do you actually structure this? Well, it all gets extremely complex, so stay with me here. The first thing you want to do is find a nice, stable investment portfolio. Go buy up some shares or an unbelievably expensive flat in inner London. It's all good. It doesn't matter, so long as it's nice and stable. Then what you do is effectively put a mortgage on that property, but not a mortgage like any mere mortal would apply for. What you do is call your private banker and ask for an equity line of credit, or ELOC for short. You may have heard the term HELOC loan before, and it's basically the same thing. It's just on your home rather than any random asset out there. Now, since you are worth $98 million after your soiree in Macau, you are going into an extremely low risk category in the bank's eyes. So the terms you get for this loan are amazing. For example, Mark Zuckerberg famously pays 1% interest on his line of credit for his home in California. But of course, you didn't actually need this loan to buy your investment. You had enough cash to pay for this outright. But what this does instead is effectively act like a giant credit card. A major investment bank like HSBC, Barclays, Credit Suisse or whatever would probably give you a $50 million ELOC on a stable asset like a diverse share portfolio. And that means if you ever want to buy a super yacht or a politician or a villa in France, you can do that without having to sell your underlying asset, which is that share portfolio. An ELOC is basically like renting a bank account that you put your shares down as security against. People often ask where billionaires keep their cash. The answer is, they don't. They have assets with lines of credit on them, which they can use for their day-to-day -day expenses. Because these positions are so secure, these individuals barely pay any interest on them. So even if their actions were not nefarious, it would just be foolish to structure your finances in any other way. Fortunately for you, dear billionaire with a questionable background, it also means that you now have the ability to spend your money wherever it is that your chosen investment bank operates which is pretty much anywhere you are going to be hanging out. So yippee, you have ticked all of your boxes. Your money is safe, parked in assets held in the most secure financial center in the world. You are earning a good return, so long as you have chosen decent assets. If your private banker is worth their salt, you won't be paying any tax on it. And best of all, 
you can conjure up cash wherever you need at a moment's notice. I mean, how good is the banking system when you are super rich? But wait, there's more. Let's say you use your entire line of credit to buy a super yacht. Probably not the most responsible purchase, but whatever. YOLO, right? Well, it's not all bad. Suddenly, you now have an extra $50 million asset. And guess what? You can put another ELOC against that. Again, the bank may only give you 50% of the underlying value of the asset to draw down on, but that's okay. It's still another $25 million that you can get at a 1% interest rate. Ever noticed how all of the world's mega yachts have Georgetown written on the back of them? Well, Georgetown is a city in the Cayman Islands. The Cayman Islands are a territory of the City of London where most of these banks are based. Even besides the generous tax allowances, registering your yacht in the Cayman Islands makes it really, really easy to get a loan on. The world of high finance is unbelievably complex and intentionally opaque. The system ultimately revolves around moving money from its lucrative origins to a more stable and useful home base. Is it always nefarious? Well, no, it actually very rarely is. The banking systems that are in place to accommodate the needs of the world's billionaires today are modelled around making intelligent capital work in intelligent ways. But it just so happens that people with ulterior motives can get lost in the mix of things, which is basically the way that regular old money laundering works. In the same way that mob bosses of yesteryear would layer their cash amongst revenue from their laundromats or car washes or whatever, the destitute billionaires of today can use all manner of financial instruments to live the high life that they have earned. So, I hope you took notes because this is all going to come in handy when you find yourself sitting on top of a freshly formed fortune. In the next video in this series, we are going to learn about how the world's elite use pieces of art as a high-end form of currency, similar in many ways to how their more plebeian contemporaries use Bitcoin. And spoiler alert, they aren't spending half a billion dollars on a canvas because they appreciate the brushstrokes. But until then, I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please consider liking and subscribing. If this video was useful for helping you move your billions around the world, please send some of that cash over to your good buddy Economics Explained via our Patreon like these amazing supporters already have. Otherwise, I hope to see you all over in the Q&A linked in the video description. Thanks guys, bye.